<coughs> that was for Karen. And this is Anything Goes Podcast. It's Friday, February 11th. Let's get it. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. It is another Friday. We've had another great week. I don't know about you guys, but uh, we're going to get into it. But this whole shift in the narrative of mask mandates and, and all that stuff. So today, and I know some of you have been waiting for this for a, a long time. I have two guests today. My I think, how, how did the email come in? I like your sidekick, Jimmy. So, yes, sidekick Jimmy is here. Yes. And ladies and gentlemen, introducing for the first time, originally from West Virginia, now currently residing in Frederick, Maryland, my wife. Sorry, she corrected me already. See, this is why it's impossible to bring your spouse on a show. She's already corrected me. Yes, we live in Frederick, Maryland, but we actually live in the town of Walkersville. So she corrected me, Walkersville. Ladies and gentlemen, my wife, Megan. I'm actually surprised you finally let me come. You've been talking about it for about a year since you started the podcast. Um, and I was starting to think you were not going to invite me since you like to tell stories involving me. And had I had the opportunity to speak the truth. Okay, this is called Anything Goes Podcast. It's not The Megan Show. And, um, you know, just to just to respond to that real quick, uh, we have a very long and serious in-depth vetting process. Um, and yours took a little bit longer than most. So, yeah. Anyway, you're here. Thanks for coming. So, Kind of what we're going to do today is uh, we're just uh, it's kind of like a roundtable. Um, well, which is funny because I was watching what Congress called the roundtable last week um, that really wasn't a roundtable. Round so a roundtable to me and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, is where people sit down together and they kind of have a conversation about topics and, and they kind of bounce each other's thoughts and ideas off each other about a particular topic. Well, that's not at all what happened in Congress. It was kind of like, this is the way it is, and this is what we want, and shut up. And that was, so that's their version of a roundtable. That's not my version of a roundtable. So each of us are going to kind of come up with our own, uh, not necessarily topics per se, but I guess topics, but, and then we're going to just kind of have a, have a chit chat about that particular topic. And, uh, We'll go from there. We'll see how this goes. We'll see how many times I get yelled at. We'll see how many times, you know, some people maybe get told to shh, hush. Um, uh, I'm sorry. Did I Joe Biden you that? Did Joe Biden. Did I just Joe Biden that? Megan, it's not important. Let it go. Let it go. Joe, uh, I'm sorry. Sorry, I won't Joe Biden you anymore. Thanks. <laughs> Welcome. So without further ado, uh, let's go, Jimmy. What do you got? What do you what do, what are your hot topics today? Wow, wow. Well, thank you, Chris. I appreciate you letting me back on. Um, I actually kind of suggested I probably shouldn't be here. Karen, I just took a drink of water. <laughs> I think it's uh I think it I was 
recommended that I stay on just in case things get a little physical. I can I can <laughs> be the middleman here. Um, but yeah, there's like you said, there's so much that's going on. Hot topics. It's really hard to address in in, in this short amount of time. But um, you know, because one thing I really wanted to get into last week was Joe Rogan and all the hypocrisy and every, all the mm-hmm. things about missing inform. Uh, excuse me, misinformation that they're claiming. And there's all kinds of different reasons why they're attacking him. Um, uh, everything else that it with in uh, with regard to the hypocrisy on war on war on the police, mm-hmm. all the crime waves and things that are going on, how the science is changing nowadays. Amazing, amazing, right? <laughs> yeah, it's there. It's just new stuff for for some people, but some people kind of knew a long time ago. Sure. So. Anyway, there's a lot of that stuff going on, but what I what I think I really wanted to talk about is something I think is very very important for this time is the Freedom Convoy, the the truckers in Canada, and the protests that they're holding, that they're standing up for their freedom, and their rights, and I wanted to talk about how it's in contrast to the protests that that were in the United States not that long ago regarding the BLM protests. Yep. And so, you know, what are your thoughts, both of you? Um, what are your thoughts? Well, let's start with Chris on, you know, what's the difference there between those two? And wh- why do you think one is well, looked at differently than well, the other? The, the, the first difference and the biggest difference to me is they actually have an end goal in Canada, right? So their end, their goal is we're sick and tired of these mandates and we're not going to, we're not going to, we're not looting buildings. We're not burning buildings down. We're not, you know, we're not, are we disrupting commerce? Yes. In, in Ottawa. Yeah, we're absolutely doing that, but we're doing it with a stated mission, right? Whereas if you go back and you look at an Antifa or a BLM March or protest or whatever, even though their stated mission is um, police reform or police abuse, they're not doing anything to affect change to that. They're looting, they're stealing tea, they're, you know, they're getting their new 62 inch for the, for the, you know, shanty or the whatever your house Uh, uh, they're, you know, they're stealing cars, they're destroying cars, they're beating people up. But that doesn't equate to what their stated mission goal is. Oh, wait. Look, when you're talking about BLM, you have to be careful because, as we've seen, with $60 million of donations unaccounted for, and one of the chapter leaders just arrested uh, and sent to jail for illegally voting and another one who moved to Canada and bought a $6.9 million mansion in Canada. And the argument always with BL with BLM supporters as well. I, I agree with the movement, not the organization. Well, they're tied together because the movement does nothing without the organization. So that's a, that's a flat out bullshit narrative that they'd like to try to throw out there. So BLM, even though they have, what they have said is their stated mission. They do nothing in practice to support that that's their narrative because you don't see them in Congress. You don't see them going up and testifying at Congress 
saying we need to do this. You don't see them going to their local uh, meetings saying these are the things that we'd like to see change. You see them breaking glass windows, destroying cars, and setting shit on fire. And that's the difference because you don't see that in Canada. I think you nailed it. I think you nailed the difference that I was kind of getting to is, is the end goal. You know, there's, <clears throat> you can complain about something that you feel based on feelings, however, but this is a real clear stated goal. We want an end to a mandate. We're just fighting for our freedom. And I love that you're saying we, we as well, because, you know, right. you're on board. Well, and I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed that, well, I don't want to use the word disappointed. I'm proud of the truckers in Canada because they're putting their money where their mouth is, right? How many times do we hear here in America, especially with our politicians in most cases, where, you know, oh, this is wrong and we need to, but, but then by the next news cycle, it's not even there anymore. These guys have been at it. I mean, these guys are like legitimately putting their livelihood in question. They're putting their money where their mouth is to get the goal to to get to the end goal that they want, and I think it's having a tremendous effect. I don't, you know, Trudeau's never going to come out and say, "Okay, guys, we." Trudeau's going to disappear. Like he's going, he's already hiding in some chateau somewhere, and comes out periodically to do a press conference, but he's not. Yeah, he's not visible. He's hiding. So I, I give him credit for that. And I wish that, honestly, in America, I wish that, you know, the people who who proclaim these same things would would take that stance if they're so if it, if it means that much to them. Well, let me ask a question, because I don't follow politics quite nearly as close. Right, you're as on the, the wrong two. show. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I actually learn more from listening to you. Um, but what I'm starting to hear now is the. Well, because of the this protest, we're now not going to be able to get things in the U.S. And it's, it's preventing the U.S. from getting, for example, groceries. Um, I actually had a conversation today with someone about that, stating to me, well, you know, we can't get groceries. You need to go buy them. You need to go stockpile. And is that just a narrative that's coming through or is that an actual outcome from this? I mean, we certainly have a lot of back and forth trade with Canada. Um, you know, I'm not sure how much one block street in the middle of Ottawa is going to affect all of transit. Although I, I did see something about the, what is it? The freedom bridge. Or the it American? sounds like the ambassador bridge in Detroit. Ambassador it sounds like they, it. they, they, uh, utilize that for about 25% of the trade that comes from Canada. So yeah. that, you know, it can have a significant impact. However, I don't think that we're going to see a yeah. extremely lengthy, drawn out situation right. here. And I think it's going to be resolved. And I think a lot of us will, you know, happily take a little bit of a sacrifice for if we can see some positive change like that. And especially if it's something, you know, there, there's talk about disruptions here in the United States, disruptions to the Super Bowl, possibly mm -hmm. D.C., other other cities that are going to be. Impacted. Well, the flip side of that, though, to your point is. It could very well be a narrative that's being created to force people to go into stores to start stockpiling so that the narrative can continue that, oh my God, shelves are empty. Shelves are empty. And it's all because of this 
protest, you know. Uh, so I, I could I can feasibly see where that could be a uh, especially you know our media is not exactly. Well, it'll be the same people that are stockpiling toilet paper and all of that. Right. The COVID COVID toilet paper stock hole. (laughs) Along those lines. So I'll ask you a question, Megan, because, you know, from your less than politically in touch perspective, um, something I touched on last week was Trudeau's statements and his outlook on this. And, you know, he made other statements this week talking about that these are just swastika waving anti-vaxxers, you know, is that really who makes up this group? And, you know, what else are your thoughts on how this is being framed from the left? So, no, I don't think that's the group that's making it up. Um, actually, today I was listening to Fox News, not because I chose to put it on, but because it was on and somebody left the room and I could hear it. And they were talking to some of the individuals um, in Canada, and they were actually saying, you know, we're vaccinated, but we're here supporting those making those decisions. And I think it is for people. I mean, I'm vaccinated, I'm boosted. I have no problem against anti-vax. I don't have problems against those who believe in vaccines. I support everybody's right to make their own decision based on what's best for them. And I think there's a lot of people like myself who are out there saying, hey, if they don't want to get vaccinated, if they don't want to wear their mask, they shouldn't have to. That's a, a freedom that we have. And so, I would be up there supporting them. I mean, if it was that strong of a cause for me and belief for me, I would support them, even though maybe like I would be doing the opposite of them. I would still support them. So I don't think it's just the anti-vaxxers that are out there. Well, and look at it closer. Who's causing the issues up there? So I'll give you an example. Uh, What, three days ago, the police went in to where the trucks were and they started taking all the fuel canisters of the truckers. So all the excess fuel that they had and the police were loading them into trucks and taking them away. A judge in Canada said, you can't do that. You have to give them back. Yesterday, last night, you know, everybody's got a cell phone. Everybody's filming everything these days. They were filming the police actively going in there and taking the canisters again last night and putting them in trucks. So who's causing the division? So that makes sense why on Fox News today they had all the canisters lined up mm-hmm. in a row and they were showing them. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what that was about, but yeah. So who's causing the division? I mean, the, yes, are they protesting? Sure. Are they blocking a street to prove a point that they're serious about this and that they want to be heard? Yes. What's Trudeau's answer? Trudeau's answer is to go hide in a chateau miles away from Ottawa. And then send the police in, in violation of a judge court order, to continue to basically, you know, I haven't been to Canada in a while, and I've never been, I haven't been to all of Canada, but I'm assuming most of Canada is pretty freaking cold this time of year. Uh, But removing all the fuel for these truckers to be able to, you know, get inside of their truck and stay warm or have their family members get in their truck and stay warm uh, at nighttime. So who's really causing the division? I mean, you would think as a leader, at least me, you'd want to go out there and I'll use an example here locally, Sheriff Jenkins. Uh, you know, I've interviewed him. You guys probably heard the interview. Um, one of the best things that I've ever seen in my entire life 
was when Antifa and BLM were standing outside of his office building protesting. There was probably three or 400 of them. Chuck didn't jump in a patrol car and drive away. He walked out the front door. He walked around the side of his building and he stood in front of them and he attempted to have a conversation with him for almost an hour and a half. Now, of course, you know that you can't rationalize irrational people. So the fact that he stood there nose to nose with them by himself, he didn't have he didn't have a you know, cadre of sheriffs standing behind him for protection. He stood out there by himself as they surrounded him while they were screaming and they wouldn't answer any of his questions. They wouldn't, you know, so why isn't Trudeau doing that? You're the leader of that country. Why are you not out there talking to these people, whether you agree with them or not, that's irrelevant. You're the freaking leader of the country. So who's really causing the division? Yeah, I think you highlighted it. That's, that's, that's a great point for sure. Um, you know, with all these, all those gas cans, you, you know, how are we not seeing a bunch of these buildings burning and stuff yeah. like that? You know, you're not seeing it, not seeing it. Well, you guys still sound like a couple of Nazis to me. You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Definitely got to be. No, well, let's go ahead and switch gears and uh, bring up another topic. Who wants to go? Oh, that would be me. So the Olympics has been on and I live in a family with all boys. So sports is always something that's on the TV, if possible. And I've noticed a trend this year. Um, one, I haven't been as impressed and as excited about the Olympics as I have in the past. But two, the amount of American, what I would say, American-born athletes that are competing for other countries. And it's, I, it came up. Um, it came up because I sat there and watched Chris and my son rooting against somebody who is a U.S born athlete and I had yes to, goo yes that's who we were rooting against and I had to ask why and then I learned a little bit more and then I've done some research on it and I guess I'm really just trying to understand why an individual who is born into the U.S. who is given the freedom and the opportunities they are here who live here who go to school here would then go and compete for another country so that's kind that's kind of a I have a couple of different thoughts on that. One, to me, it depends on the level of um, connection that that person has to that country. So if you're talking about a mother and father who immigrated from that country and had a child and they've been raised, they've been raised culturally associated associated with that country i don't really have a problem with it okay having said that like an alex ovechkin type you know, yeah he can go play for yeah. russia sure i mean no no and that's a different but, but I'm he, talk- he was also born and raised in russia yeah 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 fair. but let's talk about i mean i'm going to talk about china specifically and we have the chinese skater um now she's 15 years old. She denounced her U.S. citizenship and became and, and became a China. And that's because China, by their own public rules, will not accept somebody on their sports teams with dual citizenship. Correct. On top of that, I when I was looking supposedly at, well, and we'll get to that in a second. But <laughs> then I'm looking at the, their hockey team, and this is what I mm-hmm. looked at: the Chinese hockey team have 48 members. 20 what 28 of those 48 have dual nationalities which is fine six of those members have zero ties to china at all Mm -hmm. like their family is not even chinese 
but yet they have given up. One of them was uh, Chris Chilios, who was a pretty popular hockey player a few years back. His son is now playing. Has His last name is now some last name Chinese. Yeah. He changed his last name to a Chinese name. Yeah. I think was Chelios Canadian? I don't probably no, I think he, well, I don't or is know. He American? I have I don't no know. idea. Either way, I mean you're right. And and that's the kind of look, we all know, and anybody who any anybody who pretends that China is ever gonna play by the rules in any aspect of their existence is delusional. They do it with finances, they do it with warfare, they do it with all their propaganda. Uh so why should sports be any different? The big thing is with me, with Goo specifically, is born in California, going to Stanford. Mother's Chinese. Uh, I think I read that she's been to China, but it's not like she no. goes to China. You know, she might have been there, you know, when she was young. She's only 18. Um, and most importantly is, like I said before, China's official public standing is you cannot have dual citizenship to represent China in the Olympics on one of their Olympic teams. So did she denounce her American citizenship to be able to do this? And if so, neither she nor China will answer that question about her. No, her answer was, well, when I'm in the U.S., I feel like I'm an American. When I'm in China, I feel Chinese or whatever. Yeah, but I, that doesn't answer the question. Well, did you renounce your American citizenship to participate in the Olympics for China. Because if, that to me is a big deal because she should give back her medal if she no, didn't. I, I don't even care about that. Keep your medal, but stay there. Right, right. I, but yeah. stay there. <clears throat> if you renounced your American citizenship to go participate in a sport for another country, stay there. I think that's likely the case. I mean, I feel like that's the obvious case is that that's what they required her to do. And that's but they're what she not did. answering it. Like with everyone for her else, specifically, the, she's the only one that they right. will not answer the question. For everyone else, they've come out very clearly. Yes, yes, this, yes. For her, everyone is being very vague around it. So it's just I don't understand, and I couldn't understand why Chris and my son were so adamant about her not winning until they kind of explained why. Um, <laughs> Have all of her events concluded? No, no, she's got three oh, more. Well, that's why right there. They're going to wait and see if she's a good representation. Well, she's won two gold medals. Country. She won two. Okay, I thought that's it was just fair. One so far. Um, maybe one, but I know. No, I'm pretty sure she won two. So, but she's got three more. This is the the snowboarder. The, oh, snowboarder. Uh, oh. No, the skater Sk actually. Uh, skater lost. The skater right, lost. Right, right. She fell. She was all upset and she was crying. And then everyone in China has now Denou turned on her. Now they've denounced her. Because she <laughs> took them from third place to fifth. So now they want nothing to do with her. Right. So, but she was supposed to be kind of one of their golden children. And now she is nothing. So, yeah, I mean, again, it goes back to what ties do you legitimately have to that country? It's no different in the, in the Summer Olympics, right? So you see... Um, Americans with Jamaican ancestry who compete for Jamaica, but they have that right. immediate family and, and uh, Jamaican tie that it's very easy to say, well, it makes sense that she would want to compete for Jamaica. Sure. Sure. <laughs> but you know, <clears throat> my perspective is kind of like what Megan mentioned, but if you're here and you enjoy all the freedoms and, and you know, the, 
the main benefits of being an American that everybody enjoys. And then you want to go back to your home country, original country, whatever it may be, depending upon your situation. Um, I think that's still a questionable decision. I mean, if it's about an opportunity, maybe you didn't have that opportunity on the U.S. Olympic team, but you will have an opportunity on your home team. You know, that's she's the gold medal winner. So, yeah. yeah. So you <laughs> know, and that, she could have yeah, won for the yeah. USA. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the opportunity would have been there had she wanted it because she beat four Americans in the snowboarding competition. Well, and from what I'm reading, it sounds like China is recruiting yes. athletes, and that's the point. If Six of these athletes are just on the hockey team alone have zero ties to China. I don't know. I guess for me, I can't imagine that because why can't you go and then try for the U.S. team or are they just not that good? I mean, that could be a possibility, but well, still. and the only thing I'll say in Goose, I guess I, I don't ever want to use the word defense because I would never defend her. Um, but she's the only Chinese snowboarder. So without her, China has no representation in that particular sport. So from, I, I guess I could be sympathetic from that perspective that she's providing them with at least an opportunity to participate in another sports that they otherwise would not be, would not have a participant in. That doesn't change my feelings on if you denounce your citizenship in a country to go there and participate, stay there. Sure. Well, I think, you know, I think the fact that this has all been brought up kind of discredits or devalues her accomplishment anyway, you know, from from for from the perspective of China to say, you know, we claim her, you know, she's representing our country when they everybody knows she's really not. Yeah, but unfortunately, she'll come back. She'll go. She'll fly back to L.A. Think about where L.A. is and what their political stances are. And she'll get a hero's welcome and she'll be the the you know, now the only pro I, I don't know how uh, uh, Condoleezza Rice, I believe, is still the head of Stanford University. Um, so I, I'm not sure what kind of reception Condoleezza Rice will give her for for this type of thing. But by and large, in California and in L.A., she's going to get a hero's welcome. She's going to be told what a superstar she is. You know, just like uh, what's her name? The gymnast. The gymnast who freaking quit halfway through the damn oh, Simone, Biles. Simone Biles. You know, she's still got this here. Bullshit. You don't deserve a freaking hero's welcome. You freaking quit on your team. You know, I, that you can't tell me that that damn your mental health issues just automatically kicked in halfway through your vault. And then all of a sudden you just can't compete. No, bullshit. Same thing for this girl. But she'll get it. She'll get it. And Simone got the same thing. Although she completely went away very quickly after the Olympics. No more commercials. No more because you don't see her or anything. But Goo will get the same treatment because of where she's going to. And she's still going to be competing for a while probably. So Yeah, she's 18 years old. I mean... She's, she's, I mean, most of, a lot of those snowboard, snowboarders that were on there were in their thirties. <laughs> so yeah, it is what it is, but that's just me. Hey folks, we got to take a quick break. Uh, we'll be back in just a minute. All right, folks. Hey, we're back. So we're going to continue on. Uh, so, you know, you guys know that I talk all the time about the changing of narratives, right? So we'll talk like originally it was defund police, right? Liberals screaming from the rooftop, let's defund police, defund police, defund police. And then when the poll numbers started going down, it then became 
well, we don't want to defund the police. We've never said that, right? Inflation. It was originally, oh, you know, yeah, it's gone up a little bit, but it's not a big deal. Then it turned into, oh, this is transitory. And then it turned into um, inflation is good. And now, now that it's at 7.5%, the highest in, I think, what, 32 years? Now, all of a sudden, we need to take a look at this. And, of course, it still has nothing to do with any policies that have been put in place over the last year, according to Joe and the Ho. But that narrative has changed. Well, now, the new narrative that is changing is about the mandates. So, first, it was, you know, let's talk about the mask mandate. So, the mask mandate... Obviously, we know where that came from. And, you know, this bullshit argument that it's not a mandate. Well, they're not telling you you have to. That's a bullshit false narrative, because if the federal government is saying that we're going to penalize you if your people aren't vaccinated or we're going to penalize you company if you hire people and you don't have a mask policy. Forcing that company to either fire or not hire people, that is a mandate. You're not you're right. You are not coming out saying we mandate that everybody because you can't because, you know, it's unconstitutional and you'll lose that battle. Just like you did with the uh, vaccination over the company's over 100 employees. Uh, you have you know, you have to have everybody vaccinated or you're going to be fined. You lost that in the Supreme Court. Why? Because it's unconstitutional. So, yes, you're not coming out and saying, oh, this is a mandate. But bullshit. It's a mandate. It's a mandate because you're putting companies in positions where they have to make decisions on who's working for them or who's allowed in their building or there's a consequence. That's a mandate. Uh, how do you feel about that? Anybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's a difficult topic. And I'm my mind's kind of racing because there's so many different areas to go with the mandates. But, you know. It just seems so obvious right now. It's because the the science isn't changing like they're saying. Oh no! I heard Jen Saki today say that the fucking science has completely changed. <laughs> it's the it's it's <laughs> it's quite clear that it's the the politics that's changing. Mm -hmm. You know, their the poll numbers are changing, right? And and they're they're maybe buckling to some public pressure, but I feel like there should have been the same public pressure for the last couple of years. You know, everybody kind of knew this stuff was was garbage yeah. um but but i'm starting to see it more and what i'm hearing is you know our governor came out and sent out a letter saying that he yesterday he supports no more masks in school of course now it goes to the board of education and and those individuals who have to make that decision we could because we are in a very liberal state we as my son well i'll be wearing one in two years when i graduate because they're never going to make it go away but you're starting to see even New York now has gotten rid of their mass, mass mandate and the schools are going to stop wearing them at the end, either into February or into March. So it's all these states that are usually supporting our current government. Um, they're not anymore. And I think that's the interesting. And then, like you said, that they're spinning it. Or what I heard while listening is, oh, well, we never want to. It's the state's decision. It's their option. It's their option on what they want to do for masks. Right. And that's exactly what I'm talking about with the narrative change. So first of all, we're in an election year. You know, last year they had no fear of putting out any kind of 
bullshit mandate or making any of these rules because nobody was up for re-election. This year, it's an election year, uh, you know, they stand to lose a significant amount of people in the House. You see that because of all the announced retirements or announced I'm not runnings anymore already, and we're only two months into the year. We're 10 months away from the election, and I, I think it's up to 28. I think 28 Democrats have already said they're not seeking re-election in the House. That tells you something. They don't want to be in the minority, and they know that's where it's going. But this is the whole change in the thing. Polling poll numbers for uh, masks in school and all these things uh, nosedived over the last month and a half. The the that narrative is no longer a supported narrative, even on the left. Even other Democrats are having a serious problem with this. So now that poll numbers are crashing, you've got. Jen Psaki again coming out and saying, well, no, it, that was that was never our decision. It was always the decision of the state. The only reason she's saying that is because Democratic governors or Democrat governors are now going against their mandates. Okay, but like three weeks ago when the Virginia governor did it, they attacked him. Correct. Poll numbers. So in three weeks, it's changed that much. Poll numbers. We're in an election year. And this is, it goes right to it. It's a, it's a continuation of them changing their narrative to try to fix what they think they can do before an election. Well, I did. Because they wouldn't have done this last year. Well, I did hear how Biden fixed the Omicron. I did hear them. <laughs> I, I heard that spiel yesterday when they were talking about how he fixed Omicron. So maybe, he sure he, fixed maybe it. he's fixed the mask mandate as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm starting to get riled up a little bit, so I'm eating Reese's Pieces. Reese's Pieces are like my Snickers, so I'll, I, I won't be a. Oh, I almost said I won't be a Karen. Karen. <laughs> uh, well, I think we have reason to be encouraged. Um, you know, because even last year, last year they dropped the mask mandates. There was a, a part of a part in time that I didn't expect to ever wear a mask again. I just thought we fine, great, we're done, it's over. Well, that was our county. It, across the country, in these in these uh, Democrat-led states, they didn't. New York has worn masks. They've worn masks for two years now. Yeah. Solid. And now they've come out and said that they're going to be, they're, they're dropping the mask mandate in school. But I can promise you West Virginia has not been wearing masks. Right. So, but that's my point. My point is these, California, Gavin Newsom, the biggest libtard out there. They're dropping the mask mandates for school. Uh, you know, he just announced that, I think, yesterday, too. So you have these, like, pretty influential, powerful Democrats-run states who have been 100% supporting this whole thing the whole time, all of a sudden are not. Well, look at our county. They, what, about a month ago, they came back out saying masks were mandated again to get into any of our stores. And you started seeing the mask pictures every time you went in. They never have come out and said, we're not wearing, it's no longer a mandate, but I don't see it as much. And just for example, going into the grocery store today, mm -hmm. some people, about 90% of the people are still wearing it because they think we're supposed to, because it's a mandate. But then there's those people who are just like, I don't care. And one of those is sitting directly across from me who went to the grocery store for me. And he said, I walked in without my mask and I don't care. Like, what are they going to do? It's, I think people are just tired of it. Yeah. But again, it, it, it all goes back to the same thing. It all goes back to 
we're in a really bad spot right now. We were just talking a little bit during the break about the CNN poll that came out. Fifty-nine. He has a 59% disapproval rating. Well, 59% disapprove of Biden. Biden. Of that 59%, 56% say, and this isn't just, this is a CNN poll, so you know that they're probably heavily aggregated towards, towards questioning liberals or Democrats. Um, and 56% of them say he has accomplished nothing in his presidency. Zero. He has been successful at zero. <laughs> that was the question. And 56% of the people polled in that CNN poll said he is he has been successful in accomplishing zero so the tide's turning i just they're just not going to have a good year i can promise you well i think one of the other elements that confirms that it's a political issue is the fact that the white house has stopped requiring hospitals to report on their on their COVID statistics or COVID related deaths. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's, I think that's interesting. And it's not like we're in a, in a right. steep, yeah. you know, or decline where numbers right. are super minimal right now that right. no, they're still quite high uh, in general. Yeah, but they're not talking about it anymore. I mean, the COVID narrative kind of got away a little bit again, hmm. and it happened last year for a little bit. And then it came back with Omicron pretty heavily, but it's like, they talked about it for such a long time. And now we just don't hear about COVID hardly at all. And by the way, when was the last time you heard of anybody who caught the Delta variant? <laughs> I mean, did the Delta variant just disappear? Well, I still don't understand how <laughs> they say that, hey, there's a new variant out. And then the next day, 75,000. How did they already know that's the variant they have? And how did it spread across the globe that quick? Like, that's what I never understand. Yeah. But that's just a whole different topic. Yeah, I don't think that they break that down well i don't think the reporting on it is accurate i think there's a lot of speculation that goes into it um and and clearly you know even considering death rates and whatnot i don't want to deep dive too much into the covid topic but no i mean obviously we have a death weight death rate based on what was reported well clearly we know that a lot of cases were never reported because sure. it, people were asymptomatic or just didn't care they just got you know got a home test but and that was well, it but a lot of that was 14. offset though too with the way that they were reported if you went to the hospital because of a car accident and you were in there with a head injury and they tested you for COVID and you tested positive, they counted you as a COVID patient. Well, and that was just like the gentleman who died on a motorcycle accident. He was killed in a motorcycle accident. He came to the, they took his body to the hospital. They tested him for COVID. He had COVID. He didn't know he had COVID when he, he passed away. And well, he's dead. He didn't know shit. Oh, exactly. <laughs> and they said, oh, he died of COVID. It, and they, that's how they released his information. And I'm not trying to say anything bad. And I have a healthcare background, so I'm definitely not, against healthcare, but hospitals are getting paid to report COVID numbers. And so of course they're going to report as many numbers as they can. Anyone who has COVID, they're going to report it because they're getting paid to report it. Yeah, that's true. Again, it's, it's no different than when, when we talk about, you know, people always bitch and complain about the pharmaceutical companies. The pharmaceutical companies are bad. They're all just trying to make money. Well, do you not think that the uh, politicians who are propping up these companies aren't doing it for a reason. I mean, it's, it's 100% a quid pro quo because your campaign is going to be financed 
by these people. Okay, but you have to be careful when you're talking about the pharmaceutical companies here because I worked for a pharmaceutical company for 10 years. I'm in the pharmaceutical industry. They pay my salary. So And I'm, I'm not just saying, saying I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying you can't you can't make it a one-side issue. There's a reason that those pharmaceutical companies have the ends that they have. And that's because they're spending a significant amount of money to get these politicians elected. Right. So if these politicians want to continue to be elected, they have to do the same thing. It's a it's a definitely a quid pro quo when it comes to when it comes to that. And for people, my point overall is for people to blame the pharmaceutical companies is kind of ridiculous when the people that are in office are the ones that are pushing to those pharmaceutical companies. I mean, you don't create a business not to make money. There's nobody that does that. So, of course, a business is going to try to uh, make as much money as they possibly can. Welcome to fucking capitalism. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's the reason you go into build. Fucking Tesla didn't go into business to break even. <laughs> it, it just it doesn't work that way. So that's just my take on it. Don't take shit personally, dude. I'm not. Just <laughs> well, reminding you. Well, if you could, would you invest in a crack pipe company at this point? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that seems to be the way to go. So Put some stock in that now. So I'm a little bit unclear on that whole topic. Um, I, un I understand the premise of what, what we're talking about. The, the, this kit... That apparently there's been funding either getting ready to be provided for or has already been provided for to create these kits that have certain things in them that relate directly to drug users or or whatever. Um, what I, And the whole crack pipe thing, I think, is a little bit of an overreach, uh, a, a little bit of an exaggeration. I thought that. I thought that until... I heard yesterday that the manufacturer, the people who are creating these boxes, I guess they're boxes, kits, right? Um, said that the only reason that... It's a safe smoking kit, right? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. A safe smoking safe kit or kit. whatever. Yes. I, but I heard they have needles in them. Like clean uh, clean needles, you know, so that somebody's not using a dirty needle. And, and we that's a whole nother fucking show that we can get into about these replacing needle programs at government expense thing because that just drives me insane um but the company that's creating these said yesterday there's no crack pipes in there but the only reason <laughs> that there's not crack pipes in there is because glass is not cost effective <laughs> <laughs> so oh, oh shit <laughs> well maybe we don't want to invest in the crack pipes then <laughs> yeah. so i'm not I think it's a little bit of a uh, inflated argument about the crack pipe specifically, but it's not unrealistic because if their only reason for not adding a crack pipe in there is because it costs too much to manufacture crack pipes, then <laughs> yeah, who knows? No, I, I mean, I think clearly the right is harping on this specific aspect of this uh money allocation um but you know i think there there's some truth in it some it's yep. it's it's a fair argument to bring up but 
<laughs> I think just from a, you know, with COVID and everything and other, the argument is all about everybody's health and wellness. And, mm. but the only thing we're worried about is that one specific disease. We're not worried about the other health factors that come into play, but you know, yeah, we're considering now we're considering that well, safe and safe and, uh, clean drug use is, is, is beneficial. And that, like you said, that's a, that's a really big topic to dive into, yeah, I mean, but I was huge. gonna say it does play into that Absolutely. nationwide situation. You know, what is our, that's what, is what the, our country it, is worried about because that drug, a, drug users are taken care of. Yeah. Well, but, and that is becoming a big issue. Uh, because you, you know, that I think this whole crack pipe conversation ha has kind of started it again, but also remember that these are all coming out as convenient distractions as well. Like it, it's a convenient distraction from the Southern border, which is still a mess, uh, which by the way, they said that the cartels now control our Southern border. Um, it is a distraction from Russia, Ukraine. Mm -hmm. It is a distraction from Afghanistan. It's a distraction from the economy. It's a distraction from Canada, from the truck drivers and the protests going on. These are convenient distractions that don't, to me, these things never come up. Uh, what's the word? Uh, just out of the, on a whim, right? So these things don't start building momentum on a whim. It's calculated. It's a convenient distraction to the shit that they know that they have no answer for. And that's, and that's why that's all they're going to focus on. It is a smart way to muddy the waters. And, you know, even the people that are politically in touch, probably much like your audience, but and I consider myself, you know, interested in politics. Um, you know, I don't stay super in depth <laughs> into everything. It's so hard to do. Yeah. But that's, I mean, you know, if we get distracted by all that stuff, you know, most people, they lose sight of all those really important aspects that, that you were just talking about. Now, I mean, nobody's talked about immigration in I don't know how long. Right. I um, keep harping on it. I harp, yeah. I say it at least once. It's a every huge show. issue. It's a huge issue. We're talking about tax dollars and because you know. damn it, Jimmy, I don't get distracted. <laughs> right, Megan? Yeah, never. <laughs> Squirrel. <laughs> That's only when I ask him to do something is when he gets distracted. Notice she did say ask and not tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the other area that I kind of wanted to take a step back of current events, even though it is a an issue, I think in certain areas of the country, but along those same lines of the the safe and drug use, what are your thoughts? Let's start with Megan. What are your thoughts on the homelessness issue, and maybe more specifically, like panhandlers? I, am, I have mixed thoughts on it just because speaking of panhandlers in to start, how many of those people are actually homeless? I mean, they find out a lot of times right. these are just people who are out there begging for money and then they follow them home and they have great homes and great cars. And that happens more often than not. Um, however, saying that, I know that my family, particularly where they live, they have a gentleman who is homeless and is usually outstanding. And I know my parents have bought him meals and they've actually picked, you know, and taken him places before. He doesn't have a home, but they've tried and there's other people in that, you know, the community, they try to help him out and they, they don't just give him money. They give him food and other things. So for me, um, when you look at the shanty towns and California, I think that's just sad and ridiculous that people are living like that and that are 
we allow it to happen. I mean, in California, it's like a normal thing to have these shanty towns built out. And I don't understand how we just accept it, like how we're not helping these individuals. So I have a little bit different perspective on it. Um, and this is what drives me crazy with these kind of topics. It's inevitable that when you start talking about homelessness, the number one thing thrown out there is mental health. That's the automatic go-to excuse for increased homelessness, right? Is, oh, that person has mental health issues. I, do I think that some of them do? Absolutely. I mean, it's obvious. You can... I don't, well, it's hard to tell whether it's mental health or drug use. I think those are the, those <laughs> yeah. are the two key factors that are probably not. Uh, and one is not, uh, yeah, yeah, one is not necessarily, has not necessarily not created the other. Right, right. Right. So, um, but when you're talking about California, San Francisco in particular, and uh, I believe uh, Seattle was another, or Portland was another place that had a really big homeless population. Well, LA is ridiculous. But the one in Portland were voluntary. They wanted to be homeless. They chose. They chose to be homeless. I remember distinctly watching an interview where they had their tents up on the on the side road, and you know, big cardboard city. And they went and they interviewed them, and they were all first. They were mostly young, right? They're in their early 20s um and they're they're like no they're like why do we want why do we want to go spend money on rent for a place when i can just pitch a tent right here in the middle of portland and and now that certainly was interesting considering the amount of like used needles and you know people taking shits on people's business front steps and all that, the cleanliness issues and the sanitary issues that come with something like that. But a lot of that, and I and I believe that probably a high percentage of it in San Francisco anyway, I don't know about LA is just a shithole, but San Francisco anyway, which is a very, very wealthy town, uh, Nancy Pelosi's hometown, actually. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of it is not because of the programs and policies that they've put in place to make it so easy for these people to get whatever, whenever they don't get harassed, they don't get bothered, they get free food, they get free medical care, they get free whatever. Why, why would they want to go have to go get a job and go do something where they're not going to get all these handouts anymore? Well, and it's almost similar and I'm not going to, want to bring up another topic that is similar to those individuals who go to jail and they don't want to come out of jail. They'd rather mm -hmm. stay in jail because they have everything given to them. So why would they want to go and have to make they a, have a place to sleep? Own? Yeah, they have TV. <laughs> exactly. they, I mean, some of these people have more things in a jail situation than they would on their own. And the same thing of these, if there is a homeless person who doesn't want help, then there's not a whole lot we can do about it. Well, but there is, you can change the policies that give them free shit that incentivize wow. them to want to be in that position. I think that is a big problem. And I think you touched on it, but I, I, cause I think there is a very, very small percentage of people that if you were able, if you were to give them money, um, whatever they need to get out of that situation, will actually take advantage of that opportunity. Cause I think there's been plenty of, uh, at least, at least anecdotes, but plenty of statistics out there that if you give these people all the free crap 
if you give them money, they're going to give it away. They're going to, yep. they're, they're just going to give it away to their friends, yep. whatever. They're going to find themselves right back where they, where they where, where, right, exactly right where they are. Um, it, it's a problem. And, but that is kind of why I wanted to discuss this topic because I think we analyzed it pretty well. We, uh, you know, identified that the majority of these cases, um, I would say venture to say 99% has to do with mental health or drug issues, you know, drug, alcohol abuse, some kind of, some kind of substance abuse. Well, why um, not? We're giving them free needles. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, shit. All right. But I'm just here in Frederick. No, <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah That's no, all over the place. It's all over the place. But, I, but we just happen to be one of the few that has a fucking mobile van that drives around Frederick it's to DoorDash. do it. It is. It is absolutely. It's DoorDash for needles. So, but here's my question. And this is why I want to bring it up because I don't have a good answer yeah. because no matter what, if I was put in charge of, let's just say San Francisco tomorrow, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, how would I address this? I think it's a really, really difficult thing to address because like you said, you can't just give them a handout and fix the issue. Well, it's a, it's a hard, it's a hard issue to address because of what they've allowed it to become. Yeah. So if, if you hadn't created these policies, and these programs from the get-go and then enhance them over the years, your issue wouldn't be as significant as today. Right. It definitely compounds. It's like the, raising the, children. You, you're rewarding bad behavior and then you wonder why they're bad and they continue to act out. It's almost the same thing. You're rewarding the bad behavior. There was behavior. a video and I, I think it was in, Cal it was either California or New York that was on the news yesterday of a lady walking down the street and a homeless guy got up when she walked past with a baseball bat, waited, that for, was. waited for her to walk by mm -hmm. and hit her right in the back of the head with a baseball bat. Broad fucking daylight. And it was caught when something. Well, it was caught on the camera from the business yeah. that they were out in front of. And guess what? That guy ain't going to jail. He lives in a city where the DA has already said, even if you murder somebody, we're not, no bail. You know, you're you're free to go. Just show up for your court date, just like they're doing with the illegals at the southern border. I just show up. Just show up for your court date. Here's your piece of paper, which, oh, by the way, we just found out that 48 uh, percent that they know of uh, who are supposed to report for court dates have not shown up. <laughs> right, so, right. But it's the same thing with these DAs that are that now have these policies of non prosecuting uh, violent crime and. Elections have consequences. If you elect these morons in your state and this is what you're happy with, I don't want to hear any complaining about homelessness. I don't want to hear any complaining about crime. I don't want to hear any complaining about drugs. I don't want to hear any complaint about any of this shit because you elected them and you continue to elect them. What, what, what's the definition of insanity? The, uh, the same thing over and over. Yeah. Uh, do, doing the same thing over and over again and expect, expecting a different result. You keep voting for these same fucking people. I hope that that's becoming more <laughs> clear nowadays. Um, but as far as fixing the issue now, what I've seen probably the most successful, probably the most successful, um, I guess solutions 
have really just been clearing out the cities. They, yeah. they bring people in to quietly make them disappear, you yeah. know, and who knows where they push them to, but they just, they don't allow it anymore. However, I, I still don't see that as like a successful solution if you're just moving them along and putting them somewhere else. That's a solution to your, to your immediate problem. Right. That's not a solution to the overall problem because these people know where they are, right? They know they're in San Francisco, California. If you take them to Arizona, they're going to find their way. And Arizona is not sympathetic and, you know, handing out stuff like this. They're going to find.